Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Life is full of what ifs. Some awesome. Like what if AI could fold your laundry? And some, well, less awesome. Like what if you have unexpected medical costs? United Healthcare can help get you covered with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. They supplement your primary plan to help you manage out-of-pocket costs. No deductibles, no enrollment periods, and especially no more what-ifs. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. The man, the myth, the modern classic. Only here for a visit. The riotous must-have new book by Alan Brazil. Featuring legendary tales from a life lived large and loud on pitch and off-piste. It's the year's most explosive rock and roll memoir. Only here for a visit. The brand new autobiography by Alan Brazil. Just what you need for a lockdown read. Now available in audio form from audible.com. This is TalkSport Daily. Hello, happy Thursday, podders, and welcome to another edition of the Andy Goldstein TalkSport Daily podcast with me, Andy Goldstein. And what a podcast we've got coming your way. I mean, it's a good way. If you paid four ninety nine for it, you'd be pleased, but you're getting it for nothing, so you should be over the moon. And we start with Cristiano Ronaldo. Yeah, well, not actually him with reports that he may be swapping places with Neymar at PSG. Anyway, on drive, the Watford captain, Troy Deeney. Yeah, we did have him. He made a sensational suggestion for a Premier League club. Ronnie should join. No one calls him Ronnie. And it's not a club in Manchester. Actually, Wolves, quite bizarrely. Whoever's getting him is still getting an unbelievable talent. This season, I think it's 6-4 he's already got in uh, Serie A. Obviously, he's had um, two weeks off with coronavirus and thankfully he's back playing. But you're not going to get the same Ronaldo that you had at Man United. I think that's always going to be the comparison. You look at Gareth Bale, for example, now. He's gone back to Tottenham Hotspur and you're comparing him already to the to the one that left to go to Madrid. You're still going to get goals from Ronaldo, aren't you? You're still going to get goals. You're still going to get goals from Bale. But what I'm saying is you're always going to have... He's got to go and have a season of 30... Was it 32 when mm-hmm. he left to go um, that year when he scored? Free kicks here, there, everywhere. Season, yeah. yeah. That's always going to be the the fourth in the forefront of everyone's mind is is he to that level? But he's he's getting older, he's great in the air. Played back into a dangerous area, and he's done it again. Cristiano Ronaldo with a magnificent header. He doesn't look like he's slowing down. He's physically he's a he's a beast, isn't he? And obviously from a marketing perspective, he adds so much value to whatever club he goes to because that shirt sales are going to go through the roof. So if he is available, I would be very surprised if it wasn't the top 10 trying to sign him in the Premier League. Yeah, I, when you mentioned Wolves there, my instant thought was, he's too good for Wolves. Is that a bit harsh? I like When you Wolves. think of the clubs he's been at, yeah. United, Real Madrid, Juventus, Wolves, it's like Could an odd one out, isn't yeah. it? Yeah, he's an odd one. It could be that if he went well, if he went to America, let's say, and went to LA Galaxy, we'd go, oh, that's a bit strange. So it's all going to be that. I think Wolves are creating something there with the players that they have that are really going to push for the top six, I think, in the next couple of years. And then also, as I said, a Portugal connection. There's so many positives. Mm. And if they're trying to go to that next level, that's the kind of player you need to get. 
Now, this is the England manager, old G-Dog Southgate, looking ahead to the friendly tonight against Ireland, a game you can hear live on TalkSport. And then, of course, you can call up National Radio, my show, Andy Goldstein Sports Bar, Monday, Thursday, 10pm, at 10pm, and have your say on that game, where England lose by goal to nil. Anyway, he was talking up Russia Dortmund's wonder kid, Jude Bellingham, as well as Aston Villa's Jack Grealish. But first, some worrying news regarding Liverpool's Joe Gomez. I mean, I can't tell you how serious it is because he's yet to have scans. Uh, what what was upsetting was to see he was in a, a fair bit of pain, and the fact was that he was there was nobody around him um, when the injury happened. So I didn't like that element of it. But we just got to wait and see what the um, what the scans show, and you know we're all hopeful for him that it's that it's not what it might be, but it's not a good situation. I don't see him being involved in the games with us, that's for sure. Grealish will bring it forward. Still Grealish, riding one challenge, cuts inside the penalty edge, still Jack Grealish. For sure he's going to play an important role for us in this uh, camp. He's playing extremely well. I, the biggest thing for me, two things really. One, I talked a lot to Jack about end product. Last 22 games of last season, he, he was one goal. He's four goals in seven Premier League games, five in all competitions this year his assists are high he's doing that well and his work without the ball is really improving as well hey Jude don't be afraid it's always interesting to see the reaction when we select a player because people are immediately talking about other players without understanding why we've called Jude up we could flippantly say well he's playing for a massive club and he's playing Champions League football But the bigger picture here is that at times we select older players to come in to challenge directly for competition for places. In this instance, we're giving a young player an opportunity to work with us, to spend some time with us, invest some time with him. He'll have a brilliant experience for a few days. If we can get him on the pitch and he gets some match minutes as well, that'll be a bonus. But we think it's part of what we've done over a long period of time in in developing young players. Now, the former Scotland midfielder Craig Burley joined TalkSport 2 to preview tonight's European Championship qualifier against Serbia. Craig was the last player to score in a major championship for Scotland way back in 1998. Really? Wow. Producer Tom, you know what to press now. (laughs) Excellent stuff. You'll also hear from the Tartan Army boss Steve Clark and defender Andy Robertson. But first, here's Burley, who said the game could be now or never for Scotland. I mean, I've just told you it's now, so I don't know what he's talking about. Stevie has to find a way. I mean, he's got McGinn at Villa and McTominay at Man United, just to name a few, who have got some good experience in, in, in the Premier League with big clubs. And so he's got something to hold on to. And I think that's important. But my worry would be if they don't get the result and UEFA have offered this parachute yeah. via the Nations League as a way in, is you know, when are we going to get there? So it's, it may be a kind of never, never. Just don't come home to Just don't come home to I was still playing the last time Scotland qualified. It's a very, very long time ago. So is, there is there is definitely a generation that's uh, that's missed the atmosphere and the, the the feeling that you get as a nation when you, when you do qualify that that proud feeling. So hopefully this group can deliver. And we'll really shake them up when we win the World Cup. Cause Scotland are the greatest football team. 
right up there and it's a final and you know it's a one shot shootout and then it's it's always important it's always up there so the fact that it's with your country adds to that we take a hope of a nation onto the flight take it over to Serbia and we hopefully use that as our advantage tomorrow and hopefully use that as motivation if there's any added one needed but you know the lads are the lads are ready we can see that all week that you know a big game's on the horizon and we need to put in a, a performance that can hopefully make this country proud and don't forget this commentary of that game over on TalkSport 2 this evening. See, I told you it was happening. Now, this is the former Crystal Palace owner and ex-husband of Katie Price, Simon Jordan. On the time, he's been kicked out of other ballrooms, including Tottenham's, by Daniel Levy. See, you just love Daniel Levy a little bit more now. My experiences of Sheffield Wednesday was that it was a phenomenally big football club. With respect Huge. to Sheffield United, far bigger than Sheffield United. I know Sheffield United fans will go apoplectic at me. Oh, wow. But I also remember them being very antiquated in their boardroom and very, very, like the old school tie brigade that we, we think of the FA. Sheffield Wednesday embodied that at the time. You know, only one person in the boardroom. There wasn't this, there wasn't allowed that. Well, not that I wanted to go in this. Did you boardroom. get kicked <laughs> out for not wearing a tie? I, I no, I got kicked out of Wigan's boardroom for not wearing a tie. Wigan? Who kicked you out? Was it Dave Whelan? No, it was Brenda. Oh, Brenda. Yeah, oh, Brenda. Yeah. Yeah. Well, she, she wouldn't hang about. Nora Betty. Yeah. <laughs> kicked me out for not wearing a tie. And, I, and, and Dan Levy kicked me out of Spurs boardroom for not wearing a tie. Gave me a Spurs tie to wear. Well, why were you not wearing a tie? I had a doctor's note. <laughs> but you knew it was a code of, uh, code of dress. Why didn't you wear I it? I didn't want to wear a tie. Because he's wear, a rebel. I didn't make people wear ties in my boardroom. Really? Yeah, I didn't want to wear a tie. Why should I wear a tie? But you didn't conform to their rules, no? No. No, no. no wonder you were despised. <laughs> <laughs> Just going quarter past. Now this is the West Ham captain, Mark Noble, on his evergreen teammate, Mikel Antonio, on not having extra subs in the Premier League. But first, his thoughts on the manager, David Moyes. We had a great relationship the last time because when you come in and we uh, and we stayed in the Premier League and then he, he come back and he done the same again last year and uh, we've had a really good start. So I think the club is under him has been settled for a while and as you know in this day and age one bad result and everyone jumps on everything uh, the media and stuff and but he's just gone about his business you know and um, he's, he's brought in some players that he wants and it looks like hopefully you know this, I know I'm, I'm not, I've been West Ham all my life so I know how quickly it does change but hopefully we're, we're moving in the right direction the league is a lot more spread than it normally is and I think that's just because uh, the fatigue and the tired not only not only in your body but mentally tired for the top boys travelling around Europe getting back at 4 o'clock in the morning after play on the, on the Saturday or the Sunday morning it's, it is really tough and that's where they're probably that's why they're probably moaning and probably mm. got a right to be honest because if you lose someone like Kevin De Bruyne or, or, or one of your top players for three or four games it really does have a massive impact on, you, on, on your results Up steps Antonio and he scored West Ham United have the lead at Old Trafford power and strength what we, we all know he's got but he's actually adding a lot of goals to that now and it, it, the only thing I'd say is that he's probably gutted that he's he's not four or five years younger he's he's, he's come on so much and he's he, he, we, we really do need him at this football club now following the resignation of the Football Association chairman Greg Clark over the unacceptable language he used when referring to black players Trevor Sinclair stated that Clark had to go for his comments and the Juve striker Leanne Sanderson said that his downfall came three years too late. 
from when I went to the Houses of Parliament with Eniola Raluco three years ago. It wasn't an easy time for us to go there and have to go through what we went through, but we were always telling the truth. So when I heard what happened yesterday, honestly, it didn't come as a surprise to me because people that saw what happened three years ago that were in the room at the House of Parliament, sometimes people just had their head in their hands and couldn't quite believe what was coming out of the likes of Greg Clark's mouth then, you know, when he called institutional racism as fluff. To me, it just seemed a guy that was out of touch with reality and wasn't really quite aware of situations around him. But at the same time, when you have a EFA that have nobody on the board that's from ethnic minorities or anybody black on the board, this is what happens when you don't get advised. I think he should have been sat three years ago when he was saying stuff and things that have happened since then. I thought it was archaic, the language that he used. It, it resonated with me in a bad way because it reminded me of the 80s, which were quite grim for a, a black kid like myself being brought up in Manchester, dealing with racism on a day-to-day basis. And actually, when you look at the word in itself, it, it, the, the, the word is coined from South Africa. Again, that reminds me of apartheid. You look at America, what was going on. You know, it was on buses. It was on schools. So for me, it was a deeply offensive word that he used. And not only that, he managed to offend many other people in our uh, community. You're talking about women. You're talking about Asian people, you know, pigeonholing them. I thought it was an absolutely disgraceful um, set of answers that he gave. And uh, yeah, I think he should have been sacked. And Troy Deeney has pleaded for Paul Elliott to be on the FA board. And Gareth Southgate has also been supported of the former Chelsea defender being promoted to the FA chairman. I think whoever comes in has to have an understanding of governance, has to have an understanding of operating at a high level at an important organisation. I must say that there are often a lot of names put forward and it's easy in the background to have opinions on things without having any responsibility. What I admire about somebody like Paul Elliott is that he's committed himself to football administration. There are a lot of hours to that. There are a lot of meetings to attend that a lot of people don't want to do. His current role, let me just read it, is a board observer. It's Paul Elliott. So he's allowed to watch him? He's allowed to watch him. He can't have anything to, to actually do, but the code that we all talk about is what Paul Elliott has put together. So the FA code that they are now going with is what Paul Elliott done. He tried to get on that board and they said no, for whatever reason. I have my own personal reason takes on it, but you know I wouldn't want to say anything without knowing all the, the full facts how can you not if you would have, if you if you would have had someone like Paul Elliott on that board he would have understood that you can't use that terminology in this day and age that that's what I'm saying if you had somebody of colour within there that was will, willing to say you can say this you can't say that it certainly would have helped and I just think we have to look at it now and I think you read the statement when they said we will look at the diversity code so they're already saying they're going to use the code which Paul has already used how about use Paul and put him on there Mm. How about say to him, we're using your code, you're already in, you know how this all works. Fancy the job, mate. It seems like a no-brainer to me. Now this is and Jacobs with some classic clips of the midweek from way back in 2007. Love this stuff. Huh? No, I don't know how they're getting away with it either. 13 years and they're still putting it on the radio. 
Now, for some reason, we decided to send Mike Parry, of all people, to the 2007 Rugby World Cup in France <laughs> as our expert Were host. we mad? <laughs> we were. And here he is getting a bit of clog from financial reporter Hank Potts. You can just imagine Parry doing these great interviews with these <laughs> yeah. big rugby players. I mean, yep. they must have to bend down so far in order hey. to speak into the microphone. Excuse me. Absolutely embarrassing. I was only, for, uh, I was only interviewing the legend Francois Pinoir yesterday. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Pinot Noir. He, yeah, he would bring it back to wine, wouldn't he, Francois Pinot Noir? <laughs> and uh, Hank wasn't the only one giving Mike some stick whilst he was out in Paris. Here he is arguing with a caller. Do you, you, you think I've come here to really? have a look? Oh, no, I'm not. Do you think I'm here to look at a few paintings in the Loire Museum or something? <laughs> the Loire <laughs> Museum? <laughs> it's great, isn't it? Shit, he he never got, his own, got his own history show. <laughs> this is Jim Proudfoot introducing a guest. A man who knows Sheffield Wednesday very well uh, joins us on the line now. Howard Wilkinson won the league with Leeds, now chairman of the League Managers Association. Howard, good evening to you. Good afternoon. Good evening, Jim. <laughs> Get a bit confused. <laughs> <laughs> Sometimes. Fetcher Cloth Granville. Now, back to Mike Parry again with a caller. And Martin, yourself, what's uh, what's your business, pal? I'm a carpenter. A carpenter, there you go. If I was a carpenter and you were a lady, would you marry me? Anyway, you know the score. <laughs> <laughs> the lyrics don't quite fit. He could have equally lady. have sung a carpenter's song, couldn't he? You know, you never know when This is uh, Big Al getting a competition underway. Lee, would you like to go first or second? Second. You'd like to go first. So Martin... Second, from... second, second. <laughs> <laughs> is it A first or B second despite what you just said that's great, he got very angry the caller there didn't he, yeah. uh, and finally many things have changed over the years but Alan Brazil's 6 for 6.30 start time to the <laughs> breakfast show of course, it's a movable feast isn't one of them The Alan Brazil Sports Breakfast on Talk Sport Good morning, eight minutes after six. Very well, welcome. <laughs> <laughs> Just got out of the car. Past. Park the car for me. Park the car. Ed. <laughs> Now, before I let you go, let me tell you about some live football. Of course, you can hear from 7pm. That's the time the show starts, not kick-off. Kick-off's 8. It's England against Republic of Ireland, live on TalkSport. Mark Saggers. What about me? I've just, I've just mentioned you, Saggers. Blimey. Commentary from Jim Proudfoot, Stuart Pearce and David Connolly. If you want to hear how Scotland get on against Serbia, you can hear live commentary of that. That's the Euro 2020 qualifying playoff final. It's 7.45 on TalkSport 2. Commentary comes from Nigel Adley and Chris Iwellemo. And yes, that is how you pronounce his name. Not Uwellemo, as some people say. Iwellemo. And that's it for another podcasty thing. I'll be back tonight from 10pm, of course, taking your calls on England on Andy Goldstein's Sports Bar. And if you want, I'll be taking a few calls on the Scotland game as well. It's only fair we just open up all the lines for everyone. You can talk about whatever you like. It's your show. Well, I mean, it's, it's my show, but, you know, you dictate where it goes. Actually, you don't. It's just England-Scotland calls. Anyway, there will be another one of these Andy Goldstein Talks about Daily podcasts out first thing in the morning, so do what you need to do to get it. In the meantime, thanks for downloading. Thanks for listening. Have a great day. Be safe, everyone. Be safe. That was a podcast from Talk Sport.
Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bolin Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bolin Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at bolinbranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.